What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Hayden. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can uh, follow our social media on Twitter and on Facebook. So um, as you may have noticed, uh, today we have uh, a guest I'm very excited about, uh, my good friend from Springfield College, Matt Plew. Matt, what's going on? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. This is uh, a long time coming. Uh, for those of you that may remember, Matt and I did uh, radio at Springfield for a couple years. We definitely did. Uh, good times. I, it keeps coming up in my memories on social media, and it was crazy how it's been four or five years ago. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honestly amazing when I think back to think back to that um but today i'm really excited we are getting into kind of an early preview for march madness and uh you know matt as as i know you know ever since i've known you, you've always been a big college basketball person um and you know following the tournament's always been super fun um so just kind of to give uh, initial thoughts of march madness for you personally what are like what are, the, what are your favorite parts about this time of year? I'd say my favorite parts are the whole atmosphere of being a college basketball fan. Um, yes, basketball in general, you have your professional, you have your college, your high school, down to your CYO and youth. But when you talk about college basketball, the, the excitement that it brings um, from beginning of championship week to selection sunday which is next sunday march 13th all the way to three and a half four weeks i believe it's 35 days this year if i remember correctly uh, just amazing basketball um, when, when you look at a bracket there's no perfect bracket you know you might have that one uh crazy bracket that you know picks wonderfully but um like uh, john rothstein says uh, who's a big college basketball um you know, insider and, co- and covers the game. You know, when you when you fill out your college basketball bracket, you know, make sure you have kerosene and a lighter right next to you because you know your bracket's going to go up in flames one way or another in, in in a in a certain way because you're going to have those amazing shots made. You're going to have those mid major conferences that you didn't even know they existed win. And I, I love those thirteen to four upsets. I love those twelve to five upsets. And, you know, like we saw it a few years ago, the 16 to 1. And this year is going to be extremely exciting because I think for the first time in a long time, you're going to see in college basketball, there's not that number one draft pick. To this day, on March 4th at 6, 10 p.m., I can't tell you who the number one draft pick is because I don't believe there is one. And I think March Madness is going to expose a lot of amazing talent that – we may not have been privy to and we may not have known was that good and some of it will be from the mid-major basketball uh programs that'll have a amazing player to you know your big time duke kentucky villanova um and and so that's my initial insight i I just i can't wait basketball is is an amazing game you know from a coach standpoint it's an exciting year because when i tell my kids you know to watch basketball don't tell them to go watch NBA, nothing against the NBA, but it's to go watch college basketball because for 40 minutes, you're going to see kids working their behinds off for, you know, 
the, the love of the game and the exposure to that program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, for those of you that may not know, Matt coaches, um, is it ninth grade boys? So I, I used to coach ninth grade boys. Oh, okay. I'm now, um, I'm out at the modified level at Waterville. Um, it's, a, it's a city right by my house, um, seventh and eighth grade modified. Okay. I'm also a varsity, varsity assistant coach. So mm-hmm. um, I love the basketball program I coach at. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's now an exciting time that, you know, Waterville basketball is over. Now I can transition my focus to March Madness and filling out mm-hmm. 19 brackets. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's always something fun about, you know, filling out all those brackets. You know, I typically do brackets with a number of groups of people, and that's always fun. Um, I would say for me, like, I know that everyone pays attention to the March Madness Selection Sunday, but Championship Week is always super fun uh, to watch because you have so many games in such a short period of time. You know, literally anything can happen. You know, and you have teams that are playing each other that are very familiar with each other. Um, I would say, like, that's probably, honestly, I might get more excited for a championship week than actual March Madness. I know that might sound crazy, but um, that that part is definitely a lot of fun for me. Well, and when you you think of championship week, too, there's a lot of teams still on the bubble, still have to prove themselves at the last tidbit of the season to get that recognition from the committee because there's mm. 68 teams. I mean, there used to be only 64. Now they added four more, which is still not a lot. There's, I believe, currently in Division One, 300 and I want to say 44 Division One basketball pro, you know, programs. Right. So to decipher the best 68, it's exciting. And, yeah. you know, something that I think gets overlooked in, in um, college basketball is – is the champion leading up to the championship week those last few games of the season like the last two or three games of the season or even senior day because you know senior day is a big time you want to play all your seniors even if they're not starters but your your season is still sometimes on the line on that Mm -hmm. senior day or at end of the season you know last run or you're having a you're having a you know prove yourself you know you were on the last four out or the last four in for Mm -hmm. The whole year and so okay it's 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 time to show if you're real or not yeah yeah and i also think you know it is neat to watch some of the smaller conference championship tournaments because Correct. you know some of those teams most likely are going to get a very difficult draw in the first round and so you know winning some type of championship is always you know a big deal for some you know smaller programs that may not have like any experience going to the tournament it's always cool to see teams that win the conference tournament and go into the tournament go into the ncaa tournament for the first time and, and that's what it's all about you know right. yes there's going to be a lot of heartbreaks there's going to be buzzer beaters which we all love but at the end of the day it's, it's seeing the team and the, and the sideline and the fans react to you know just that team being in march madness and the atmosphere that it brings and and the exposure it brings to a small conference and a small school that may have had walk-ons or you know only been this good because of transfers and or luck of the draw they had Mm. someone you know sprout into an amazing player that a lot of big name schools overlooked so that's where it gets really exciting um and this is when those smaller conference coaches 
put their name on the map mm. because when you're a small mid-major school and you're bringing your team to March Madness with a 22 and six record or a 29 and three record, you know, for example, already you have Maryland who's looking for a head coach. UMass is an athletic 10, or excuse me, Atlantic, Atlantic 10 um, basketball program that's you know high caliber looking for that big name coach. You put your name on the map when you're coaching a team that's small, mid-major, and you're bringing them to a March Madness with such a good record. So there's a lot of things that play into March Madness, not just you know in, in, in three weeks' time, but after March Madness. So mm. a lot of things are going to gonna play into part in the next few weeks, and it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, for March Madness, as you said, uh, Selection Sunday – March 13th, um, first four, March 15th and 16th. Um, so one of the things that I was interested about this year is obviously last year with the pandemic, there were just games in the state of Indiana. Now it seems to be that it's kind of back to normal. Teams are traveling. Um, you know, obviously teams will stay where they are in the first and second round and then will travel. I don't think that, you know, travel's going to have much of an effect, but it is kind of neat to be like, okay, we're you know, back to different different arenas for different games. Right. Um, I'm looking at it right now. The West, um, the, you know, the home spot for the West um, region is San Francisco. The mm-hmm. Midwest is Chicago, which to me makes sense. The West makes sense with San Francisco. Uh, the East is always usually Philadelphia, which as a, as a Villanova fan, that, that plays in our favor. So I'm hoping that you see Villanova land in the East, sure. God willing. And then the South is usually San Antonio. Um, yeah. You know, with the, with, the, with the first four, you know, I always key into those games. You know, they're, yeah. they're the official start of March Madison games. I mean, you have two 16 seeds that'll play. They're, sorry, you have two, uh, two games that are 16 seeds, mm-hmm. so four teams total. You'll have an 11 seed, which is always a nail-biter, and that 12-seeded uh, game, which, you know, is always going to be a nail-biter as well. Usually the first four games are not blowouts. They're they're just as good as your final four and your your first four games uh, that are being played. Uh, so I, I look forward to those games too, which is always interesting to see, you know, what the committee picks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm. And it's um, great for some sort of normalcy. I'm thank God that you know college basketball have fans this year. You know, whatever. I don't know how you know they're working it. They probably have some sort of you know, stipulation with the masks and COVID, but mm-hmm. at least it's some sort of normalcy to yeah. college basketball again with March Madness and traveling and the whole nine yards that March Madness, you know, brings into into play. Yeah. So, um, you know, talking about some of the locations, you mentioned the regional sites. Uh, New Orleans will be the site of the Final Four, um, April 2nd yes. and 4th. So that will be... Very exciting. All very exciting. The fourth being the championship, I believe. Right. So a Monday night. Yeah. So I think looking into the teams that are kind of, um, you know, positioned in the top 25, uh, taking a look at the, at the top 25, you Gonzaga, Arkansas, or Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Duke, and Auburn in the top five. Um, so looking at the top 25, Matt, what are – who who are some teams that you're watching going into going into championship week going into the last weekend of the regular season? I should say. So right now, I mean, 
if things stay as they might, you never know. I don't. I don't think that's a safe word to say. But right now, you know how the March Madness bracket projections look. You know, at a potential first, uh, you know, number one seed. I, I'm looking at Arizona. I'm going to watch them closely because um, we all know, obviously, Tommy Lloyd uh, from former Gonzaga assistant coach. It's his first year at the helm. Uh, Arizona, and he's doing amazing in, in the Pac-12. They're 25-3 and three right now and 15-2 and two in Pac-12. And that's very hard uh, to do in a Pac-12 that's very deep, uh, just like Bill Walton says, you know, very deep conference. Mm. And a lot of people don't watch the Pac-12 basketball a lot, especially if you live on the East Coast, because their games are always 11 o'clock at night. But when you watch Arizona, a lot of what they're doing is Gonzaga-esque, meaning mm. a lot of what Arizona runs offensively right now and defensively. You know, Tommy Lloyd definitely took from sitting beside Mark Few from Gonzaga. And I would love to see, just as a basketball fan, Gonzaga is probably most more than likely going to get a number one seed and Arizona going to be a number one seed. And I hope that the committee will put them at two opposite ends of the spectrum so they potentially could play in a Final Four or Elite Eight mm. game. I'd love to see that because Mark Few against Tommy Lloyd, that'd be a great coaching matchup. Mm. But I'm also looking to see, you know, will will potentially those losses that Auburn had to Florida, some of the hiccups that they've had recently hurt Auburn, and you might slide in a Duke at number one. Mm. I only see Duke becoming a number one if they look amazing in championship week and go through um, championship play for um, the ACC and and win it out. You might see, I don't think so, but majority calls that you know this is Coach K's last year. They might give him the respect of, hey, we'll give you a number one seed, you know, as as you exit college basketball. Potentially not, but you'll see them more than likely being a number two seed. I'm glad, if, if as a basketball fan, and, and you know John Calipari, you know as Garrett and I are, you know Springfield College alums, you know Massachusetts has big love for John Calipari. The last few seasons have been a nightmare for Kentucky. So for them to be 23 and five right now, 12 and three in the SEC, I'm happy about. They have a good senior class. They have good recruits. So this is a good season so far for them, but. I want to see how they play in, in championship week and SEC uh, um, play for, for the championship. I think they're in no matter if they win it or not. Mm-hmm. But I want to see how they play. They they have a lot to prove because of the years they've had lately. Baylor coming off of a championship win last year. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be gunning for them, I think, in not even just championship play, but will want their number come, you know, when the brackets go out because they want to beat the defending, you know, NCAA champ. So I think that is two things looking into championship week and going forward into um, the bracket release. But Mm -hmm. a number number of things I also can talk on, but, you know, lastly, something I want to touch on, I think Wisconsin still has a lot to prove. I think... Wisconsin has had 
it, it a little easy in the in the Big Ten, you know, with their fourteen and four record in, in, in Big Ten and twenty three and five overall. But I think they're beatable. So they definitely need to prove themselves, not only at the coaching level, but at the basketball level, if they're deep mm-hmm. for college basketball, and if they're a, a deep season bracket team, or can someone bust them? That's a few things I'm looking at. You know, yeah, we saw the tensions rise a little bit with them in Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, that that happens, but... I want to see how they play in uh, Big Ten Championship Week and, and, and see if they get upset or if they have trouble with certain teams and, and, and see where it goes from there. Um, my question for you is, you know, the, the rhetorical question, you know, what do you see as some possible um, things to note Championship Week or going into minutes before um, the bracket's released? What are you – into and looking for well i think um you know you mentioned the pac-12 um and it's kind of been a resurgent year for them you know you look at some of the teams that have been good you know arizona usc ucla um ucla is a team that i'm curious about because obviously they made a run to the final four last year um their ability or you know i should say johnny juzang's ability to score the basketball makes them a very dangerous team and i think they're a team that I think could be a little scary. You know, like if, if a team draws them, you know, they could be a team that's tough. You know, I've really liked what I've seen from Providence this season. They're a really good team um, in the Big East. And the Big East, I think, has had a decent year um, as well. So I'm kind of looking at both of those teams. Um, I think Providence is a huge surprise. I didn't think they'd be yeah. that amazing. Yeah. But they, they are. Ed Cooley's most definitely is probably the coach of the year, yeah. uh, not only in the Big East, but I think for, for college basketball, uh, you know, back when I was at Springfield College, I went to a Villanova-Providence game, you know, my junior and senior year, and from what they were four, five years ago to the team they are now, I think Providence is on the map, they're getting big-time recruits now, Ed Cooley has built a program there that is probably overflowing the Dunkin' Donuts Center now because everyone wants to go watch Providence basketball in the state of Rhode Island because they're building something good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you touched on UCLA. I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA is a four seed. You know, bracket projections have them between a four and a five seed. Mm-hmm. But it all depends, once again, on championship week. I think they won't have that answer of if they're really a four or five seed mm-hmm. until that next Saturday early Sunday when you see what happens with the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now I have a question for you because I, I haven't actually didn't have time to look it up. USC can be in the postseason this year, correct? For March Madness? I, I believe so. Because I know last year and the year before they couldn't. There was something Oh, they might have some recruiting. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think I think that they are. I haven't heard that they have not been able to. Um, so, you know, I know we've talked a lot about the, the conference tournaments specifically, what are some conference tournaments that, uh, you think are going to be really good? I, I think off the bat, you're going to have the big East, the big East UConn is a great team this year. Mm. They're playing well. They're, they're very veteran heavy. 
so they have a lot of veteran presence, I believe. That will help them. They have a good coach. They have a good program that they're building. Providence, like I already just touched on, is going to be a team to reckon with. But you also don't count the, the low, lower of the Big East with your Seton Hall, St. John's. Hmm. I would even say uh, Marquette with Shaka Smart. Who I wouldn't want to have to play Marquette in the uh, you know one of the first games of you know the championship bracket uh, for the Big East. Another interesting mid-major um, conference bracket that I'm interested in watching is the American East solely because I think there's so many parameters. Not only is Vermont the team that everyone wants to beat, but I think from an aspect of following the American East because you know U Albany is not too far from my house, I think a lot of people are unhappy about Stony Brook and Stony Brook's decision to leave the America East after so long and very abrupt and very randomly Hmm. because they were, besides Vermont, the most dominant team in America East. So I think that leaves a bad taste in their mouth. So I think whoever wants, whoever draws the Stony Brook game is probably going to want to, you know, beat them up as a, you know, good riddance to the America East because they go, they go to the Colonial Athletic um, Association starting next year for all sports. So I look at the America East. Um, another one is the MAC. I'm interested in with Iona. I want to see if, you know, if this is going to be Iona's year to, uh, again, Rick Pitino brings them to the um, March Madness or does a team like Siena or does a team like uh, St. Peter's or you know, even Quinnipiac or another team that you may not be fond of or followed a lot, you know, win. You never know. And then lastly, a conference that I'm also looking at is that America Athletic Conference because you have Houston there, but you're always going to get a tough draw when you play Memphis, mm. and you're going to get a tough draw when you have to play at a neutral site because Memphis and Penny Hardaway rely heavily on home court advantage. But you saw them last year win in the NIT. And I've always said for years, when you win the NIT, that means you were just one step away from being in that NCAA bracket. So they're going to come for revenge. They're going to want to win that NCAA tournament for the AAC to make their name on the map and not just Houston. Because right now when you think of the, the American Athletic Conference, you're thinking of Houston and Calvin Sampson. Mm. So what are a few uh, conferences that you look at? I know I touched on a few, but I probably missed a few that you think of. Well, I think uh, this year in particular, I'm curious about the Big Ten because um, they have a number mm-hmm. of, of really good teams. Um, but I think they also have some kind of dark horse teams too. Like I think, you know, Purdue has been in the top 10 almost all year, uh, but Wisconsin, you know, is a good team. Um, Illinois, I feel like they've kind of played a little bit under their expectations, but I think that like they get it together. They're really dangerous. Ohio State, I think is really dangerous. Um, And, you know, Michigan State, they're a really well-coached team and they've, they've gotten some quality wins this year. 
Um, I also think, you know, the SEC tournament is always fun to watch. Um, that is always fun to watch. I think that that's going to be, that's going to be a really good tournament. Um, you know, expect. And, and usually it, 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 it plays on the, the SEC tournament and the big, the big 10 tournament is always the Sunday of March Madness. So it's like always at like three o'clock game and, and then a noon game right. on, on that Sunday of, of, of selection Sunday. So it's like those last two, um, tournaments that are played because usually when they show them for, for selection Sunday with their name called, they always have their jerseys on in the, you know, yeah. the, the net not between their, their, um, nets yeah. when they, uh, cut down the ribbon. So really sure. quick, I found a cool article. It's, it's 10 teams built to bust your bracket for 2022. And it, it mentioned a few mid majors hmm. to, to think about, you know, uh, they mentioned, you know, just 10 teams right now, you know, Boise State Broncos. Mm. You, you, you have Colorado State Rams, which is always either an NIT team or an NCAA bracket team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they are, I believe, out of the Mountain West. Uh, they, they are really good this year with a 21-4 uh, and four record mm. uh, currently, which is, which is decent for that. Uh, Davidson Wildcats, and, you know, we all know, you know, Davison really hasn't been on the map since you know Steph Curry was mm. there. So it, it'd be nice to see them again in the uh, March Madness, and then a, just a few other teams: Loyola Chicago Ramblers, first year at the helm for um, Coach Valentine, who took over uh, when Porter. Um, oh man, what's his name? Porter. Porter Moser. Uh, thank you, Porter Moser. I uh, went to Oklahoma mm-hmm. from uh, putting Loyola Chicago on the map, uh, mm. essentially. And, and just real quick, this is a perfect example of a mid-major conference. No one knew who the heck Loyola Chicago was. Then this team comes into March Madness. Sister Jean, you know, the whole atmosphere just is so amazing. And now they're getting decent recruits. People want to play there. And you've had some recu- recruits pick Loyola Chicago over your Illinois or your top tier programs because they want to buy into that program that was put on the map, you know, just mm-hmm. a few March Madnesses ago mm-hmm. when they burned everyone's brackets. <laughs> and Miami Hurricanes, you know, out of the ACC, you know, Jim Laranaga, you know, is going to have them ready to go. And, you know, lastly, you know, two other teams I see here Michigan Wolverines. I think this article was written after the fact of, you know, the fighting that went on. But mm-hmm. I, I think the Michigan Wolverines that are looking for revenge, there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth of what, you know, what happened with Juwan Howard and Juwan Howard and, you know, Michigan and their players. So I think they want to probably put that beside them and show them that this is what Michigan Wolverine mm-hmm. basketball is about. Mm-hmm. We're not about fighting and uppercutting coaches. We can actually play basketball in the Big Ten. And when you talk about a dark horse, it could be a dark horse. Hunter Dickinson, they have a few players that have been in that program a while. They even coach a seven-foot player like a Hunter Dickinson that can also shoot threes and post up. He reminds me a little bit like a, a Luke Garza, like Iowa had, um, you know, just a year, year or two ago. So, you know, lastly, another team that's named in this article, um, always Murray State. We know Murray State's, you know, popular every year because John Morant. John Morant went there and put them on the map, and they're still on the map. 
And then I already mentioned it to you, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, I'm going to mention John Rothenstein again, another favorite reporter of mine mm-hmm. for College Basketball Insider. Kevin Willard has more adjustments than a chiropractor. When basketball gets tough for Seton Hall, they somehow will draw up a play and, and, and beat teams at the buzzer or late in games. And that's what's actually tripped up my favorite basketball team before, Villanova. So it's great mm-hmm. to see basketball at its highest level this time of year yeah yeah absolutely and i think um you know a lot of those teams that you mentioned i think are you know kind of on the bubble um so you know looking at joe lenardi's bracketology the most recent update uh seven o'clock this morning has um i have that up right now has has memphis loyola chicago michigan as some of the last teams in um but i think you know as we talk about conference tournaments, I feel like every year there's always one team that, you know, wins a conference tournament that really wasn't supposed to or a team on the bubble wins it. Um, and I think looking at some of these teams that are, you know, out, you know, Virginia Tech, Indiana, VCU, Florida, Oregon, you know, those are all four teams that, like, they could really help themselves by, you know, going really deep in, the, in their conference tournament or perhaps even winning. Um, and then, you know, obviously things get a lot more complicated if there's a team on the bubble that, you know, gets an automatic okay. bid and it's like, okay, then it takes away an at-large bid. And, and, and if I put my committee hat on, what, what usually happens from my understanding is if you have a team that wasn't supposed to win that, that conference tournament or made a shakeup in March Madness in the field of 68, you know, you're seeing some teams get snubbed and, you know, have their heart broken mm. and i think you're going to see that I, I i definitely think you see that every year and then you see that team playing in, in, in an nit or a college insider tournament right. you know because they were snubbed mm-hmm. because of what you just mentioned a team that wins it that really wasn't supposed to or even for for another way to look at it teams that were taken too lightly you know teams that right now I, i'm just looking at it level you're gonna you're gonna draw a team like a Rutgers the Scarlet Knights right they're 16 and 12 not a sexy schedule in my opinion mm. strength the schedule is not great right 16 and 12 isn't something to write home about but if I'm Tom Izzo or if I'm Ron Howard I don't want to draw them because right now they're a third to last team in mm-hmm. that could potentially get into the March Madness and steal a bid from someone. And right. someone like that, you know, if you take them too lightly, they could beat you and punch it right down your throat. And then you have some upsets happen and then shakeups with the bracket. And then someone's getting their heart broken. Right. You know, I don't know if I really buy into of being a, a fourth to last in I think once again because of the program they are North Carolina they're, they'll get in I don't think they'll be one of the last four and I think they'll get in but from now from from November to now they're a total different team I saw them on November 20th um, remember this is Hubie Brown's first year total different makeover of when Roy Williams was at the helm to mm. the basketball program that Sean May and 
Hubie Browner building, night and day, different different basketball programs. So whatever region, whatever seed they get, I'm interested to see how they play because they have a lot to prove. You know, for years it was how Roy Williams was coaching in the March Madness. Now it's time for Hubie Brown to put himself to the test and say, this is us past Roy Williams' tenure. And I'm interested to see what they do. They have had some rough losses. And, you know, when I saw him in November, I wasn't really impressed. So for them to have games, I, I, I want to see what they can do postseason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's, you know, pretty obvious the ACC has had a pretty down year. And I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help a team like North Carolina that is, you know, in that kind of bubble territory where it's like, you know, they better, they better have a good conference tournament because if they don't, things could get a little interesting. Um, And that goes for the the college and university they used to write for uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish. They're in the same boat. And honestly, for some reason, I feel like Notre Dame is always in that boat uh, lately. I think they're always in that boat where yeah. they're fighting for their lives, um, you know, top the, the ACC, uh, definitely, because you have the Dukes, you have the, you know, Carolina, you have yeah. Syracuse when they were good. Mm-hmm. You have these teams like Florida State that are, you're never going to, you know, blow them out. They're going to be a team that's going to give you a hard time to the sure. buzzer sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they they are an interesting team um, to kind of pay attention to in the ACC. So um, kind of looking ahead to the NCAAs, as far as the teams that are, you know, positioned in the top four, um, do you, are at the moment, are those four teams your four number ones? I, I, I say yes. Gonzaga, Arizona, Arizona for sure, regardless of what happens with the conference championship. Sure. Baylor, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think there's a lot of respect there to them being the um, from last year and and what they did. So I think there's a lot of respect there. My only. Looking forward, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, what happens with Auburn, mm-hmm. Bruce Pearl's team. I think, depending on how the SEC tournament goes, it's, it's going to teeter-totter between Duke and Auburn. Auburn has a really good SEC tournament. Okay, they proved it that they keep that number one. Mm-hmm. But I think that loss to Florida really proved a few things that I don't think they wanted proved. Mm. You know, they, they lack some defensive, you know, resilience on playing for that 40 minutes and not taking possessions off because that's what happened. I like watching Florida. I like Coach Mike White, and I, I like watching his, his style of coaching. I watched that game, and, and there was one point in that game where Auburn was up 10. They had it in the bag. And then they took some defensive possessions off, started getting careless, and then they got punched in the mouth and lost. So they can't do that in SEC play because SEC is such a wide open 
and conference. So if you see that, you'd be surprised if Auburn is a number two because of whatever directly impacts and happens in SEC. You know, when you touch upon some two seeds, I, I, I'm going to touch upon a, a few two seeds really quick. Right now, the two seed, Wisconsin, Kansas. Um, you got Kentucky and Duke as of right now. I feel that's that's accurate. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Kentucky plays. I don't think you're going to see my Villanova Wildcats as a two seed. I think they'll be comfortable as a three seed. Mm-hmm. They've had a few losses. They, get a, they have seven losses on the year, and a few of those losses, I think, won't get them to the two seed. Um, I think at the three seed is where you'll have them. So I think the team I have the most faith in, you know, when you touch upon, you know, a, a one seed or a two seed, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Duke. And I have a lot of faith in Duke because they are a really good team. You know, that Pablo Bencaro is, is an animal. It's just amazing watching him play. You know, Williams is really good. I just, I think as a basketball fan, you want Duke to go far for the exit of Coach K. You don't want them to get knocked off in the Sweet 16 or the round of 32. I think as a basketball fan in general, you want them to go far. I'm once again weary about Wisconsin. You know, every year Wisconsin is always in the March Madness, but... They always make me nervous for some reason because, you know, they are vulnerable. They're a vulnerable team at times. And I saw from Bo Ryan to Greg Gard, it's a different basketball program. So buying into the basketball program that Wisconsin, you know, has right now, I think will come their first two games of March Madness, whatever they will be and whoever they draw and then conference play. So the team I have the least conf- you know, confidence in as a, as a one through four is at, at the three-seed Tennessee. I think Tennessee is very beatable. I think they're actually lucky to get that three-seed. <laughs> I also watched them in November, and they lost by 20 to, to Villanova. And... They had no source of offense. Their offense is, is, is sourcely through it, a freshman, um, Kennedy Chandler. And if he's off his game, they don't have offense. So neutralized sites, like I was at at Mohegan Sun in November, mm-hmm. Kennedy Chandler was nowhere to be found. None of these games are going to be at the University of Tennessee. So right. it's going to be an atmosphere that will be interesting. Right now it has Tennessee as a three seed. At, in Pittsburgh, it's going to be a fan base that not too close to Tennessee. So I have the least faith in Tennessee right now. You know, Michigan State as a seven seed makes me very nervous. I think they could get upset, mm. you know, early on. Right now they have them as a seven seed, but that's a team that's been underachieving a lot for Tom Izzo lately. And Tom Izzo has had to really go to his bag of tricks to get them just to stay on the map. Um, what I, I want to ask you, what do you think a, a number one or two seed is 
could be upset, you know, potentially early on because you know there's always that one, one to three seed between the one seed or three seed that you know gets upset or or, or busts our bracket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think as I think when I had watched a game a couple weeks ago and Jay Billis is talking about you know eight teams that could realistically win a championship. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that that Kansas might be a team that loses early on. You know, I feel like they're sometimes a team. They, they are sometimes, before. yeah, they're sometimes a team that I don't. I don't want to say doesn't take opponents seriously, but they have had some some games that they've lost early. Um, you know, Kentucky or Auburn, I think, might be susceptible to an early round upset. You know, I think um, when you look at the way that Auburn played against Florida obviously didn't play well with a lead and i think sometimes they kind of some they sometimes get away from what is what was successful for them earlier in the game so if earlier in the game they're going to jabari smith or they're going down low to uh, walker zimmerman but then late in the game you have someone like wendell green who takes the ball and holds onto it for 20 seconds and then takes a three and it's like okay you know they kind of need to be able to get back to what was successful so i think you know, both of those two teams, I'm kind of not totally 100% sure. Um, I think as far as the number one seeds, I think, you know, the top three to me, I think are pretty much set. You know, I think unless unless Kansas or Auburn or Kentucky, if one of those teams wins their conference tournament and Duke doesn't, then maybe one of those teams sneaks into the one seed. But I think that Duke will most likely win the ACC tournament. I don't think that they're going to lose, but you know who knows? Something crazy could happen. But I think and, it, and I think something yeah. to touch on quick. Looking at this, and this is Joe Lenardi's, you know, bracketology uh, predictions as of today. But you know, it could very well pan out that you know, Michigan. We go back to Michigan, where they have it as eleven seed right now, and they have they they'll be playing St. Mary's. With the Gales out of uh, Gonzaga's conference, mm-hmm. and if, if that stays like that, you know, a St. Mary's and Michigan, or even if you know St. Mary's draws somebody else in a six eleven game or a, a five to twelve, you know, for example, if if they get Michigan, you know, something that hurts these mid majors is Michigan all year long is playing, you know, in the Big Ten, you know, big powerhouse teams. St. Mary's has the record they have solely because it's a weak conference. Mm-hmm. All they really have for competition is San Francisco. Gonzaga. They did. Uh, in, in that league. Yeah. Western Athletic Conference. So, yeah. you know, that's one thing that'll hurt like a team like a St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. They're a hell of a team. Yeah. You know, Randy Bennett has a great basketball team. And he's been there forever, and he's a team that's loyal to the team, to that program, and is a team that always Gonzaga's number. That's a big, that's a big draw. Gonzaga St. Mary's every season because that's the two best teams in the conference. But come March Madness time, that could hurt Saint, a team like St. Mary's because of the strength of schedule, which the committee looks at. Strength of schedule is so important, you know. Mm-hmm. As a bat, as a basketball coach in Division One, you know, you don't want to always go out because I know Jay Wright does it. You don't want to always go out and get your U Albany's, your, you know, Sienna's, your your small teams like a UMass or you know, 
that small niche basketball program that's a mid-major, you know, small conference team. You want to go to those tournaments. You want to go to those, you know, national invitationals to get recognition. And the practice, if you will, for March Madness and to get your strength of schedule strong and your RPI, because that's things that they look at come Mm -hmm. decision time, because that could set you apart from a team that had a slower time starting up your season with mm-hmm. you know the crappier games they they you know put on their schedule mm-hmm. and not the good games that they could have went tournament wise yeah. yeah i mean i think all of that is is very interesting you know i think st mary's it is worth noting that they did beat gonzaga like about a week ago but they did. Yes, they did. I think I think the yes, overall right. yeah I think the overall point though is is definitely legitimate that you know there are teams like you know Michigan or whatever team that plays in a conference where you get eight or nine teams from that conference into the tournament and you know playing those teams whether winning or losing you know I think is important that okay we've played some of these teams we know what to kind of expect so um, and if I'm a number yeah. one seed and I'm just just my preference. I want to have a. I, I want the number one seeded region to where I'm not waiting on the the winner of a 16 seeded game. Hmm. And the reason I say that is, as you know, thinking from a coaching standpoint, you have to technically scout and recruit. That's not recruit. That's a terrible word to use. You have to scout and, and, and basically watch two basketball programs that are totally different Mm. and then they play the night before they play two nights before right and then you have like a day day or two to prepare Mm. for that 16 seated game whether it's one team or another and that's where you use your assistance you know you're you're using your whole program from your videographers your you know your recruiting staff your assistant coaches because you're potentially recruiting and, and, and scouting two basketball teams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. That is definitely, I think, something that is a lot of people don't think about when you have, you know, teams that could end up playing one of two teams, you know, and that's true for the number one seeds, but then also true for, you know, the um, 11 seed or the, the teams that will play the 11 seeds or the 12 seeds that play. Um, in the first four. Um, so I think just to kind of wrap this up, so to speak, um, I thought it would make sense to, um, we could each pick a team that we think um, is going to win and then a team that we uh, think might be like a dark horse pick to win the whole thing. All right, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I will. I think... Um, as far as a team that is a dark horse team, I always kind of look at the teams that are ranked, you know, 10th to 15th, somewhere in there, um, in terms of a team that maybe people wouldn't expect, but I could see them, you know, going on a deep tournament run. Um, I like Providence. I really think that they're a team that I was gonna say them too. Is, is built to kind of play any different game, any, any type of game. Um, and so I think they're a team that I think could make a really deep run that people 
kind of just don't really don't really think to pick them, but they end up going really far. Um, I, I'd like to see the championship game be uh, a Gonzaga UCLA. Hmm. I think UCLA wants revenge, you know, because you know we all know how they lost, and I think it it, it was so heartbreaking and. Hmm. I think they really want that revenge. And, you know, UCLA, Johnny Juzang, you know, he can't do it all. So in order for UCLA to get to that championship, you know, it needs to be a team effort. You know, it can't sure. be the, the Johnny, Ju, you know, Juzang, you know, you know, show. Lead, leader in show. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I think that would be the um, the championship game. You know, if I had a team that I would want, I, I'd say might win it all. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Duke. Win it all, or like a Providence, mm. and, and I say that because you know they're playing so well and they're and they're hot at the right time. Mm. You know they didn't they didn't win a few games and then fizzle out. They they did what they had to do all year round consecutively. They had a few losses, but no team is perfect. But they kept it together the whole year. So that that would be. Definitely a, a dark horse. If I had to pick one more dark horse, um, you know, in the lower end of the, the brackets, I, I, I would say, um, you know, I, and I'm only saying this not because I'm a fan, but, you know, senior heavy and veteran heavy, a Villanova. You know, I, I think if a Villanova was to draw a, a Gonzaga or Arizona, that'd be, that'd be a, a nightmare for them. And, you know, even say like a, a team like a, a UConn or mm. you, know, you go down the list and you look and you say, is this Kentucky's year to get to the final four after the few years they've had that was very underachieving, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, John Calipari is going to have that team ready. And one thing I will say, I did harp on Michigan State. You know, just a little bit ago, yes, they have had some woes in the regular season, but mm-hmm. Tom Izzo will have that team ready. He will have them ready come March Madness. He does every year. And then a team I'd be interested in, I don't call him a dark horse, mm-hmm. but I'm curious about is Texas under the helm of Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. We know what Chris Beard did at Texas Tech, right. you know, with all the incredible things he led Texas Tech to in March Madness. Mm-hmm. Can he do it again with Texas under a whole different leadership and a whole different team, but in the same state? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is probably going to sound like a cop-out, but I think Gonzaga is going to win. Um, I think that just there, there's I, some... I think Gonzaga is going to win too. Yeah. And, and it's their time. It, it's, it's their time. Yeah. You know, I think they have Drew Timmy. They, they, they have... The best player, I think, I would say Drew Timmy, and, and they. I want to. I want them to get one. You know, I want them to get one. Yes, they play in the Western Athletic Conference. They they don't have that amazing schedule. Everyone's attention, but record shows for it. They're a great team, and I want them to get exposed. For once again, that strength of schedule, mm. they need to play hard every game and not take. They shouldn't be taking anything lightly because, mm-hmm. if anything, you use the word cop out. 
their season has been a cop out so far because of the strength of schedule and the, mm-hmm. the league that they're in. They're playing Pepperdine. They're yeah. playing, you know, teams that, you know, yeah. this, you know, ever yeah. setting foot in March Madness. So now this is mm-hmm. where Mark Few, Drew Timmy, they need to come together and say, okay, how can we win this with the team that we have, you know, going against an Arizona, a Baylor, you know, you're going to be put up against these teams that but Sunday can win a basketball game against a really hard team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, a team that kind of has a heartbreak the year before, and then they end up going all the way. You know, I feel like, and, and you know, UCLA is going to be yeah. hungry. I mean, right. you know, they show it every year. Jalen Suggs is shot. You know, yeah. you don't ever want to lose like that. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna, that's a once-in-a-lifetime shot that's going to happen. Right. To lose like that, that shot doesn't go in. Mm-hmm. You, who knows what would have happened. Right. And I don't, I don't know how the bracket will shake up, but does UCLA get to draw Gonzaga again and get the revenge? Mm. You don't know, but that's what's so amazing about college basketball. At the end of the day, we could sit here around the campfire and and talk college basketball until we're blue in the face, but things are going to happen that we don't expect. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do expect. We had no idea it could happen. Timeouts are going to be on the floor because that's what's so fun about basketball. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't don't get a seven-game series like like baseball. It's one game, Mm -hmm. 40 minutes of basketball. Right. At halftime, coaches are going to make adjustments, but you got to make adjustments yeah. to win and stay alive. Yeah, yeah, you know, really, there's, there's, there's nothing like it. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. Nothing um, like it. One of the thing, one of the last things that I'll say is, I think, you know, it's always fun to watch the teams, but I always have a lot of fun, you know, watching individual players and what players, you know, Correct. play really well in March because oftentimes it's the superstar players that show up. It's the guys who have been doing it all year long and then they do it in the tournament and it just makes it a lot more special. Um, so yeah, we're, we're yeah, both really excited. The last two things I want to end on is, um, you know, for everyone listening to this, you know, my biggest pet peeve, you know, I, I love the NCAA tournament challenge and, you know, all the apps you can download on your phone, but part of the whole March madness atmosphere is, Printing those brackets hot off the press. Yeah. They feel hot on your hands. Brackets out finally. Yeah. Official. It's printed off the website. Yeah. You put the ink to the paper. And yeah. that's what's so fun. I love filling them out and having an actual bracket yeah. in my vision instead of, you know, going on your phone. And right. Click, click, click. It's just different. Yeah. So for the love of God, people, please buy some ink from Staples or walmart buy a printer if you don't buy got a printer go to your local library yeah there you go print a bracket out and get that lucky pen and get a folder and keep your brackets tucked in and ready to be filled out because what i do is i cross them off i circle if i you know pick that game it's fun to keep yourself in check of what you got right what you got wrong and just have an official bracket that you fill out of how things are going and you know on a on a final note you know when I take my college basketball hat junkie off, I put another hat on. I love the NBA draft. Yeah. That always intrigues me, and it always interests me to see this time of year those players 
upping their draft stock or lowering their draft stock on, a, on another note. You know, this is where NBA teams are going to look at how can these basketball players play under pressure? Okay, they've been, great all, they've been great all year. Okay, wonderful. But how can they play at the next level, which is a March madness? Right. And when the times get tough and that team needs a basket to win or a stop on defense, mm-hmm. that's when it matters the most. That's when your NBA scouts are going to have their eyes glued to the TV because they want to come draft time that into effect when their team's on the clock to give the commissioner that name for basketball. Right. For the NBA season. Yeah. When basketball's over and the draft is here, the, the, the future, the, the future is in the March Madness of these players. They're going to be wearing NBA jerseys one day. They're going to be a Boston Celtic, a San Antonio Spur, an LA Laker, a Nick. We're, we're going to be watching is basketball players that are going to put their universities on the map and themselves on the map. Right. And then, like I said in earlier, some of these coaches are going to have to coach their lives out mm-hmm. to maybe get that next job and more money or go from a mid-major to a bigger conference. There's so much at stake, and that's what makes it great, period. Yeah. That's that's great, man. I really think you put it all together perfectly. So um, obviously, uh, Selection Sunday, March 13th, uh, yep. Championship Week is, is next week. So that will be fun. So yeah. Um, well, Matt, this was great. This was awesome. Um, and Thanks, Garrett. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, well, real quick, Garrett, you, you know, you've been a great friend to me forever and uh, made my college experience great. And I'm, I'm glad that we can still do this because... Yeah. I was, just, I was just on campus at Springfield College hmm. a few weeks ago. You know, I'm, I'm loyal to the Springfield College basketball program, yeah. and I, I usually try to attend a game or two a year. And hmm. I always make sure I walk that campus and, you know, always uh, send a photo or, yeah. you know, just, just reminisce at the, you know, the sports talk radio um, yeah. center that we would always yeah. sit in and, yeah. you know, once or twice a week and, and talk sports till we were blue in the face. And, yeah. you know, it, it's always good times, you know. You, know, you, can, you're, you can be a keyboard warrior and talk, talk sports over – you know, social media, but it's fun to actually be able to talk and yeah. have people listen in and you know, yeah. give their intake. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll have you back at some point. Um, but this was great. All right, everyone. So you can, you know, listen, Spotify, Apple, uh, podcast, whatever. And uh, yeah, follow our social. So uh, we'll be back yes. with you guys and sure next week. make sure you uh, contact your, your uh, current doctor and cardiologist because it's going to be a crazy time with college match march march madness this year. <laughs> yes absolutely all right everyone have a good weekend